The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Let's roll, baby. It is a Thursday evening edition of New York, New York. We use truly J.J. Johnson-Strzemski dealing with the rain that just is just downing me here in New York. I mean, my ride back from the haircut to my apartment in Brooklyn was an absolute nightmare. And I was just sitting there saying to myself, thank goodness Stefan and I are not sitting out at Yankee Stadium or I'm not sitting on the Major Deegan, or I'm not sitting on the FDR drive because these idiots decided to try and play this game tonight. Good for baseball. I know it's going to stink not having a rowdy nighttime crowd for a game two of the American League Division Series, but it is more important that they get quality weather for this game. So no night game here on Thursday. It means we got to sit there and watch the Commanders and the Bears, which, I mean, good luck to Al Michaels. Good thing he's making a gazillion dollars from Amazon. Uh, That game is as bad as it gets. But for the Yankees, we will have to wait another couple of hours. And game one, when is advertised? Cole did the job. Yankee bats did the job. Yankee defense and bullpen was terrific. And because of how this schedule now shakes out, where there is no off deck, And the Yankees will play on Friday, on Saturday, 
on Sunday. And if necessary, there would be a game five on Monday. It creates interesting conversation for how the Yankees are going to deploy their pitching after game three. We know it's going to be Nesta Cortez and Shane Bieber in game two. We know it's going to be Luis Severino taking on Tristan McKenzie in game three. But if there's a game four, remember, the Yankees could start Garrett Cole on regular rest. Or the Yankees could hold out on pitching Garrett Cole. That's a conversation for if you are up two games to one, what do you decide to do? Do you start Cole in Cleveland, say, I want to win it right now. Boom, I won't worry about game five. If there's a game five, there's a game five. Everybody's pitching. Nestor on two days rest. Maybe Severino for an inning. Maybe it's Tyon starting the game. Or do you have that game in your back pocket? If I'm the Yankees, here's the avenue. Just win the next two games. You got Nestor Cortez. The Guardians have been dreadful against lefties all year. Outside of Jose Ramirez, this is a lineup and I'm not trying to say this being disrespectful. It's not particularly good. Nesta Cortez should have success. The Yankees didn't face Shane Bieber this year, but they pounded him in the 2020 postseason. Aaron Judge hit a home run in that game. Bieber was basically out of the game after two or three innings. I think the Yankees can have success against Shane Bieber. I had the utmost confidence with Cortez on the mound. The goal for the Yankees should be follow what the Houston Astros are doing who have won the first two games of their respective series. That, to me, is what you want to do. Go win the next two games, and then it's the showdown we're waiting for. But I have to admit this. When this game got called today, and I'm thinking about the beautiful, pristine October day that we're going to have on Friday, some shades of 2006. And I think Yankee fans who are old enough to remember, and it's crazy that I'm actually talking to Yankee fans who might not be old enough to remember. There are a few of you out there. 2006, the Yankees were such a better team than the Tigers. At least it felt like that on paper. Tigers limped into the postseason. The Tigers got smoked in game one. And then the Yankees got rained out game two, which was supposed to be a night game. They played a day game. After Johnny Damon hit a three-run homer, Messina gave it back. The Yankees got shut down by Joel Zumaya. They got shut down the next two days in Detroit by Kenny Rogers and Jeremy Bonderman. And all of a sudden, the Yankees were eliminated in four games. That memory did come to my mind today. I'm not going to lie. But I think the talent gap was way more comparable, 06 Tigers, 06 Yankees, to this Cleveland team and the Yankees. The Cleveland uh, Guardians are not on the same level as the Yankees. The Yankees should win this series. And it's an indictment on them if we're talking about this series going to a game five. I know Bieber's good. I know Ramirez is terrific. Tito Francona, class A if the game's close. They have some strengths. The Yankees should not lose this series. And you should be making a statement. Friday at Yankee Stadium, we mean business. We're winning the first two games at home. So, pumped up to be back at Yankee Stadium. We'll have a Spotify Live right after the game. It is a football Friday show. And there's a lot of excitement. For the Jets and the Giants going in these respective matchups, the Giants are 4-1. The Giants are coming off an unbelievable, stirring, come-from-behind victory against the Green Bay Packers. The quarterback was tough. The offense, despite the lack of playmakers, is innovative, creative. The team is well-coached. The defense gets after it. But 
in comes a far more talented team. I think we can acknowledge that Baltimore is far more talented than the Giants. It's why the odds makers have made this a five and a half point spread going into Sunday's game. I know Wink Martindale coached against Lamar Jackson. I know that the Baltimore Ravens have yucked up a bunch of leads. I don't think the Giants have the firepower to exploit Baltimore's defense. I know I told the quarterback on Tuesday, yeah, I picked against you. You're going to have to see how I picked this Giant-Raven game coming up with Joe B in old school and new school because I think this is going to be a really tough game for the Giants to win. But if the Giants could ever win this game, I'm going to run out of positives and superlatives for this coaching staff. I'm amazed they're 4-1. and What in God's name am I going to be saying if the Giants are 5-1 and come Sunday? So think about that for a minute. As far as the Jets, they're 3-2. and They have young talent. They get an opportunity to go to Lambeau Field, play a Packer team that's coming back from London, playing a Packer team that yucked up a lead last week against the Giants. And Green Bay's not as good as they've been. They're not as explosive without Devontae Adams. Their defense has been, I'd say, so-so at best. Aaron Rodgers has not looked like his usual MVP self. And a lot of my football instincts tell me that the Jets have a legitimate chance to go into that building and play well this week. They got offensive firepower from Brees Hall to Garrett Wilson to Elijah Moore. The young players on defense playing well. Quinn Williams has been great. Franklin Myers has been great. Sauce Gardner has been great. It's asking a lot for the Jets to go into Lambeau and win this game. But as far as the expectation of the Jets playing well this week, I think they're going to play well. I know it might not be a great spot for them with the Packers coming off a loss. Here's a dirty little secret. I don't think the Packers are that good. So, 3-2 Jets, 4-1 Giants. Strange times here in New York football. Strange, strange times indeed. So, we'll have all our stuff that we do on every Thursday and a Friday show. Joe B, Arthur Caesar, Jason Katz, they'll join us in a matter of moments. But let's do some voicemails right out of the gate. Uh, We haven't been taking them because we've been doing all these live shows that we've been posting as podcasts. This is not a live show today. We'll take a couple of voicemails then. Get in my way. I don't know what our schedule is going to look like come Sunday. I mean, that's obviously Yankee dependent, but regardless, 917-382-1151 is always a way you can get in touch with New York, New York. Let's hear a few. Stefan, let's go. Hey, JJ. It's Max from Astoria, Oregon, calling, not New York. Um, I'm just letting you guys know, uh, Yankee fans and everyone in the Bronx, uh, when you guys play Houston, just uh, don't pitch to fucking Alvarez. Just don't do it. Take my word for it as a lowly Mariners fan over here. It, it really sucks. Just just please walk him. Get him on base. I don't care if the bases are loaded. Walk him. The ball is going to leave the park. For the love of God, don't throw him a baseball. Uh, next thing. I, I kind of wanted to ask you uh, what you thought about this and potentially Met fans as well. Shohei Otani is going to be available here, maybe not next year. I think his contract up is uh, 2023. They also, I mean, they kind of need some big bats, uh, and you guys have an owner that's willing to spend a lot of cash. I know Met fans are a little beat up, a little very beat up about what happened, but I, I don't think your team is that terrible at all. I mean, there's some adjustments, and you've got it's kind of an old pitching staff. I was kind of expecting 
uh, Scherzer to kind of do that, to be honest. I know that sucks because he's making the big bucks, but man, either the Yankees or especially the Metropolitans, if you guys can get your hands on Shohei, maybe, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Anyway, thanks, JJ. Um, just want to let you know, you've got a hell of a lot more fans up here in the Pacific Northwest than you probably even imagine. So, uh, keep it up. Love the show. Thanks. Wow, I loved hearing that. Uh, I wish I could tell you I'd be going to the Pacific Northwest for Yankee Mariner ALCS, but it doesn't look like the Mariners are going to cooperate. You're not kidding. You don't pitch to Yodan Alvarez. He's as dangerous as anybody in Major League Baseball. Uh, he dominated the postseason last year. He is a phenomenal talent, and you should not pitch to the guy. Castillo made that mistake. I know there was a misplay. You know, we could have been out of the inning. You don't pitch to Yodan Alvarez. Hopefully we're having that conversation uh, from a Yankee standpoint. In about a week or so. As far as Otani, yeah. I mean, I would expect Steve Cohen and the Mets to be in on Shohei Otani. They have the money. They have the resources to do it. I, I think the bigger question with Otani, remember, the Yankees thought they were going to sign him a few years ago, and he wanted no part of pitching on the East Coast. Well, playing on the East Coast. Has that changed? We'll have to wait and see. Who's next? JJ, Justin in Miami. You know, big game for the Giants on Sunday. You know, obviously still riding high off the Green Bay win. I mean, that was in many ways, you know, Daniel Jones' breakout game. In some ways, very similar to, to Tua. I know they were Tua's game against the Ravens. Different in the sense that obviously Tua's over 450 yards. Jones didn't have those type of gaudy numbers. But really, I think it, that was in many ways his breakout. You, you can't have the same expectations for the Giants' offense you know, you do for the Dolphins offense. They just don't have the weapons. But, but to win there, win without, you know, your top three receivers, obviously that was such a huge win last week. And now you're just looking to keep it going. And, you know, look, you know, this is, is I guess, if you look at it as a house money game, I mean, you don't have to beat the Ravens. I think we all would have signed up for one and one, you know, against Green Bay and Baltimore. You already got one in the bank. But, you know, look, now you want to get greedy. I mean, I don't think they're going to win Saturday. But but there's not a team which you can just chalk up wins and say they're definitely going to win this game. They're definitely going to win this week. So you got to bank as many wins as you can. Hopefully you get another good effort. Um, you know, the only thing I'll say is I, I read something in ESPN about, you know, trading Saquon. I mean, JJ, you can't trade Saquon for a second-round pick when it's in the middle of playoff contention. You know, I, I think what would be interesting is if somebody would really overpay and offer you like a first-round pick, right? And maybe that happens. Maybe if you're Buffalo and – Saquon, you know, he's playing this because any running back in the league, you say, you know what, the 30th pick in the draft is worth it. That's something maybe if you're like five and four, maybe you consider that if you're the Giants. But I certainly, it's not going to be anything less than a first. Probably, honestly, if you keep winning, I, I don't think you can do that to your fans. So, all right, man, talk to you later. I'm right there with you, Justin. I think the ship has sailed on trading Saquon Barkley. To me, it's something the Giants, they're going to do it. They're going to do it in the offseason. The team at 4-1 now is playing too well. And... I think they owe it to the guys in the locker room. I think they owe it to Daniel Jones. I think they owe it to the Giant fan to keep him around for the year. It's not like you're going to get some big-time package in return anyway. And I know a team like Buffalo would definitely be interested. And I would probably put my money on Christian McCaffrey finding his way to Buffalo. They had those talks at the draft. I think they're going to have those talks again. We know the Buffalo Bills are all in on trying to win this year. Like, I get it long-term, but... You're too far down the road at this point at four and one. I, I think you got to keep Saquon for the remainder of this year. I think it's a non-starter. This will be a telling game for the Giants, though. They go and play well again this week. Heaven forbid they ever go and win again this week. Then you can really start fantasizing about the postseason. I mean, you can already at four and one. Why the hell not? It's a weak NFC. 
All right, last but not least, let's hear it, Steph. Hey, JJ, what's going on? It's Matt from Huntington Beach. Coming off a New York trifecta at the Giants, the Rangers, and the Yankees all getting big wins. I figured I'd give you a call, make a little comment on each of them. First, the Giants, what a win in London. Daniel Jones showing you that even though he may not be the future of his organization, he's going to go out there and play tough every single day, every game. And you know what? He's really shown something here. And you got the Rangers, huge win on opening night. Mika coming out looking like a superstar. I think he's going to break out and be this year. And then the biggest one, obviously, is the Yankees getting this done, doing exactly what you need them to do. Couldn't have drawn up any better. Get a great start by Cole. Then you get the bullpen to come in and get the outs you need. Moving on to, for whatever reason, Thursday, on an off-day today. So anyway, uh, thanks for making the call, and I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, a lot of good vibes going on right now. And, you know, I got to say this about the hockey and the basketball season. I'm glad that you brought this up. They start way too early. I, I, I mean, it's just way too early. Like, they can't start those seasons in the middle of November when the baseball season is over, for goodness sakes. I hate it. It bothers me. Like, it's going to be great. Knicks will be back. The Rangers are back. That's wonderful. But, like, no, it's too early. And I know they want more off days. They want to make sure these guys are taken care of. I love when they started the season on Christmas, to be honest. Maybe that's a little too late. I think mid-November is a good compromise, but again, what do I know? All right, Football Friday, all the festivities. Beningo, the Caesar, Cats. Sounds like Wolfburn, for goodness sakes. That's coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, View its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you 
and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. It's week six of old school, new school, and I think my guy Beningo is dancing for two reasons. Number one, his Jets embarrassed my Dolphins in the fourth quarter. Number two, you went 4-0-1. So keep on dancing, Travolta. What's up, baby? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. A little uh, staying alive. You know what I mean? That's well, that doing. is something your Mets did not do over the course uh, of they, last week. You know, they did say, not stay alive. I don't want to use the F word on the show here. What pieces of crap the Mets. Right? They stuck it right up our rear end. Again, Jay. Again. What a joke. There's such a joke. This, this franchise never changed. They're the biggest choke goddamn franchise there is. Unbelievable. Joe, what was worse, Glavin in 07 or Scherzer against the Padres? No, this was worse because they won 101 games, bro. 101. They had their, uh, they were in first place 175 days during the season, and they choked. They choked. That team choked too, but this team won over 100 freaking games. What a disaster. What a disaster. Scherzer. Yeah, and you think about it, right? The Yankees are playing. The right. Braves are playing. The Phillies. the Phillies are playing, and right. the Mets are playing golf. That's right. embarrassing. Very embarrassing. No doubt about it. I'm now, playing, by the way, I don't want you to be on total. All right, go ahead. But I don't want you to be on a downer whole podcast. So I do no, want to get worry. you on the Jets. I, I'm, I'm, that's why I'm down in my jet, my jet area here. So yes. what I was going to say was, I will say this. You know, I want to see Phillies, Phillies. Uh, uh, what do you call it? played in the uh, Phillies Padres in the NLCS? You know, I want to see that. Hundred percent. Don't rule it out. I'm telling no, you, course. the Padres are live because not. they got Snell and Musgrove, and the Dodgers are a little overrated, and yep. the Phillies, they're not afraid of the Braves. Now, no. if you're asking me right now who's got a better chance to win their respective series, I think I'm going to surprise you. I think San Diego's got a better chance to do win. Do you really? I do. Because right. I think the Braves are really good, and they're getting yeah. Strider back, and right. I don't believe right. in the rest of the Philly team. I think Philly will win a game at home. I think Atlanta wins in five. I think the Padres are super, super dangerous. They Padres got star are good, power. Man. They got their yeah, pitching yeah. lined up. I'd be worried yeah, about that. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And they got a little mojo going already with the Mets series. The other thing, but the other series is Yankees-Houston. I, I am... I, well, I you're can't not wait. giving the Guardians a, any chance no of making shot. it interesting no over shot. the weekend. They, the, the Cleveland Indians, okay, Guardians, my ass, have absolutely <laughs> no freaking shot to beat the Yankees. None. Uh, I and hope it, you were right about that. See, I will not put that in the air because yeah, it's because my you're, team. You're, not, you're, you're looking at it from the fan perspective at yes. your team. So I, I understand, understand that. that. As a guy, I who did pick up, the Yankees to win in four, full disclosure. I right, picked them in right, four. It's not like right. I picked against them. But I just, you know what it is, Joe? On a day where it's raining, I'm getting like flashbacks to that 2006 Tiger series when the right. Yankees smoked them in game one. They sat around. They played a day game in game two, and then they lost three straight games. Yeah. They should not, under any circumstance, lose this series to Cleveland. No. None. Now, they might lose to Bieber because he's a good pitcher tomorrow. I mean, I don't you know. He might. But no no more than four. <clears throat> Even if they lose tomorrow, they'll win two in Cleveland. That's what I think. Here's the problem for them, though. If they lose game two, game three, Severino, if you're down 2-1, you obviously There's no days pitch off no now, right? Every, no, every, and that's my thing. I think right. the Yankees had it lined up where they were going to go call on regular rest in game four right. and then have Nestor on three days rest for game five. Well, that's out now because he's going Friday and a potential game five right. will be on Monday. So, Joe, right. I want to wrap this up in three. I want yeah. Nestor, 
and I want Severino getting it done so that you don't have to worry about who's audio pitch call uh, the not pitch call. Outside of Bieber, I don't really know their pitching staff. So who's McKenzie, for here's the bigger issue for Cleveland. Who, what's they his don't name? Hit. McKenzie? McKenzie. He's good. Is he good? McKenzie. Yes. Is he good? Yes. Cleveland's got right? pitching. righty? Righty? Righty, yes. Tall, skinny righty. He's good. <laughs> Very good. But the bottom line is, Cleveland outside of Ramirez has nobody in the lineup that scares me. Yeah, they That's really a series the Yankees should win. Now, before we do the picks, yeah. are you head over heels, delirious, beside yourself with your winning New York Jets in mid-October? Yes, absolutely. And, I, and I'm, I'm head over heels excited because of all the young talent they have. I mean, I have never seen, I'm watching this team since 1965. And, you know, back then, I guess we had a lot of young talent. You know, Namath was young. Matt Snell was young. Emerson Boozer was young. You know, they had a lot of young guys on the team. George Sauer was young. Maynard was a veteran. You know, a lot of Jerry Philbin was a veteran. They had, they had a good mix of, of young and veteran. But this team is young players. I'm like, I can't believe it. Both sides of the ball, Jay. This is both sides of the ball. Oh, I get they, it. I mean, I saw what Sauce Gardner did, set the tone stars. on the Bridgewater hit. And yeah. that was, hands down, the best we have seen Brees Hall in a Jet uniform. He was fantastic, Joe. Well. Especially in the passing game. game. It's only, awesome. it's only, bro, it's only his fifth game. This guy, I'm telling you, he's I, and I, they showed it during the game, and I didn't realize it. Roger Craig is his uncle, the great Roger Craig from the you 90s. Know, I didn't know that until you told me that earlier right. in the week. I did not know that. Well, he should be in the Hall of Fame. It's a joke that he's not. But that's, a, you know, that's another story. But that's the kind of player he like, that he reminds me of. He's that kind of guy. Catch the ball out of backfield. You know, run the football, and he's like a power runner when he gets the ball. You know what I mean? He's, he's a power runner, this guy, with, with speed. So I'm very excited, man. I'm Like I said, both sides of the ball. I, even the offensive line looks like it's it's together now. They got Brown and Vera Tuck at the tackle. Vera Tuck, you play him everywhere. He plays well. It's ridiculous. But, tackle, well, he's guard, the right tackle. other side, don't matter. Right. But right now, he's the right tackle. You got Brown at one side, Vera Tucker. Then you got this guy, Herbig, they got from the Eagles, who's played well. Tomlinson and McGovern at center. All of a sudden, the offensive line looks set. It's crazy. It's crazy. Well, if you can find a way to win two of your next three games, then the idea of the Jets being taken seriously as a team that maybe could go and surprise right. and make the postseason. Joe, you go two and one in the next three, you absolutely can dream of that fantasy. No man. question. No question. And is that well, fair like to say winning two of the next three is paramount for that? Uh, yeah, they got to win. Yeah, I think so. They got to be five and three after New England. I, I would agree with that. They need to split these two, win one of these two. If they want two, I'd be delirious. But you got to win one of these two. And then I'm telling you, bro, I want to lay the wood to the pit. Not just beat them. I want to embarrass them. Okay. Well, I'm you serious. overdo. I mean, the last time you beat New England was the Eric Decker Fitzpatrick yes, game right. in 2015. 2015. And if I'm that's not true. mistaken, Joe, the Jets have not won in Gillette Stadium since the, the, the playoff, playoff game. game. Yes, 20, 2010. Over a decade. Yeah. No, it's time, bro. And they, they put 55 on them last year in that homecoming game in Foxborough. I'm telling you, I want to beat the shit out of them. I'm telling you right now. Well, not just beat them. You want to I- lay the wood. I like it. I respect <laughs> it. You're on a little revenge tour with your New York Jets. You're on a revenge tour with your picks because you're red hot, got off to a shaky start. I and always this is do. Shades, I but always this get is shades you know I mean, in 2021 all over again. Right, right. It, not as bad because it took you longer to get going last year. But now you're ahead of me. You're 13, 10, and 1. I'm 12 and 13 after another losing week. I started off hot. I've had three straight losing weeks, so I got to straighten it out. 
But you, oh. after a what's your record off, now? What's your record now? I am twelve and thirteen. But remember, I started off four and one. Okay. So mm-hmm. I am ice cold. Right, right. Three straight losing weeks. You have gone the other direction. You are now 13, 10, and one after four zero oh, and one. So I give you the honors, sir. Ten and two. What do we got? Thirteen, ten and two. Two oh, you push. have two pushes. I got two pushes. That's right. 13, two pushes. Bad math. Right. There you go. There you go. I had Cleveland. Cleveland last week. Yeah, so 13, 10, and 2. But yep. you have the lead. You're at the tee box. The floor is yours. Week 6. Let's hear it. Let's hope I hit the ball off the tee better than I've been hitting it when we pick up doing the picks. All right, I'm taking five five home teams. Not all, not all dogs are favorites, but I'm taking five home teams. I'm taking the Colts laying 2.5 at home against the Jaguars. Now, the Jaguars beat them up a couple of weeks ago in uh, in Jacksonville. We know what happened last year at the end of the season. So they've had their number, but not necessarily in Indianapolis. And I think the Colts now are off the snide a little bit here now. Had a nice win over Kansas City. They won a couple of games in a row. Uh, you know, they played, they beat a, they were lucky to beat Denver, but they did beat them last week. So they're sitting there at 2 2 and 1. And I, you know, I'm a little, I thought the Jags were on their way to maybe surprising some people this year, and maybe they will, you know, between Lawrence and Doug Peterson and all that. You know, they, they, they still may do that. But, uh, you know, lost last week. So now, you know, they had the big lead over the Eagles, wound up blowing that game. So they're two and three now, whatever you want, you know, on the season, you know, a couple weeks ago. So uh, I forget who beat them last week. Who beat the Jaguars? Oh, they lost to Houston last week. That's right. They lost to Houston. That was a bad loss losing to Houston last week. Can't lose that game. I know it's a division game. So I'm taking the Colts. I think they're off the snide a little bit. They're home. You're only laying two and a half. So give me in the laying the two and a half at home against the Jags. Game one. Well, Joseph, we're starting with a family play right out of the gate because Mm -hmm. I, too, am on the Indianapolis Colts in this game because you know this under Frank Reich. They're a terrible September team, and they normally start to hit their stride at this point in the year. I think the extra time off of the Thursday night win is going to be beneficial. I think more time for Matt Ryan to get comfortable in the offense is going to be beneficial. It looks like as of Thursday night, Jonathan Taylor is going to be able to play. So it's all advantageous. It's all beneficial. And I got good news for us, Joseph. We're not getting two and a half. The line has moved on Fandle. We are getting one and a half. I like it that much more. Yeah, so we're getting a little bit of a benefit of the doubt here. Colts, okay, so let me make this adjustment. One and yes, a half it is now? One and a half for the Indianapolis Colts. But nice. I am on them, and I'm worried about Jacksonville because Trevor Lawrence, after that big game against the L.A. Chargers a few weeks ago, he has been turnover prone. I think the Colts are healthy. I think it's a revenge game for them. I'm right there with you, bro. Give me the Colts. Lane one and a half. That sounds like a winner. Got it. All right, so family play to start. Game two now. It's always shaky to go against the Patriots. You know, I had them last week. They destroyed the Lions, and the Lions were putting forty something on the board against everybody. And Phil shuts them out. You know, and Duggar had that fumble return for a touchdown and all of that. But I'm taking the Browns, and I'm laying the two and a half at home. I just got a feeling about this. Cleveland lost a very tough game. They've lost two very tough games in a row. They lose that game to Atlanta two weeks ago. Uh, last week they had the lead against the Chargers. Chargers came back and beat them by two points. That was the push. I, I just, you know, I, I look, Bill. It's unbelievable what Bill does. You know, and, you know, Bailey Zappi. I mean, I don't know. I, I think Mac Jones practice. I don't think he's playing yet. I think maybe he's a week away. But I don't. I, it's amazing what Bill does with his team. I mean, I, you know, they do have a solid defense. 
They can run the ball a little bit. I do. I, I, I no doubt. I just think Cleveland's going to beat. I don't see Cleveland losing three games in a row. Look for Nick Chubb to have a big game. Miles Garrett is back. Uh, Brissett has not played that bad at quarterback. I hate to go against the Pats, but I got to, and I'm only laying two and a half. So give me the Browns to end their two-game losing streak and beat the Patriots in Cleveland. So, you know, I thought long and hard about the Browns, and I'm staying off this game for a couple of different reasons. Everything you said is accurate. I think pound for pound, Joe, on paper, they're a better team than New England. Yes. Belichick knows Brissett very well. Remember, right. coach had him a couple of years ago. That scares me. Number two, you know what else scares me? The Brown rush defense. New England is running the football they are running right it. now. So I, I, I'm, I'm staying away from that game. I think the Browns okay. are the right side. I also throw in the Belichick revenge factor. He hates the Browns. He detests well, the yeah. Browns. They fired right, him, right, we right, know, right, right, uh, right, before right. he got his start with the Pats, the Jets, and then, of, of course. course, the Pats and the rest is history. So that's a stay away for me. I wish you well because I'm rooting for the Pats to lose. Now, Well, of course. You're rooting for the Browns. Of course. Of course we oh, are. We're in on the Browns. <laughs> so I, I am emotionally invested in your second pick. I'm going back to the wealth of my second pick. The Saints were good to me last week. Okay. I'm taking them again this week at home plus right. two against the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati, to me, is favored in this game for one reason and one reason only. They were in the Super Bowl last year. So I think there is a perception and a bias around the Bengals that, oh, they're a much better team than they actually are. I think this is a bad matchup for Cincinnati. New Orleans gets after the quarterback. Cincinnati's offensive line scares me. I don't like Cincinnati coming off a Sunday night game. I don't like Cincinnati after an emotional loss last week against Baltimore, a game that came down to the wire. And I think the Saints have hit their stride a little bit here. They got a win over Seattle last week. It's the second week in a row they are at home. And everyone loves Cincinnati. Everyone, Joe, can't wait to bet Cincinnati this week. Well, guess what? I'm going the other way, and I'm going with a team that was good to me. Give me the Saints. They're winning this game outright. Now, you got. I just want to tell you that you got them at a point and a half. So you're telling point me and a half. Two. My mistake. I see okay. two. It's a point and a half. Good call. Okay. Okay. All right. Big game last week, by the way, with Taysom Hill. Had a monster game. Yeah, for and look for week. him to have another big game yep. again. There's confidence. Yep. There's a comfort yep. level. Bring him in on yep. certain packages, and he's useful. All right, game three, I'm taking the Giants getting a five and a half against the Ravens. The Giants, I, I, I was on them last week against, uh, I, I think it was, I think we were head to head in that game. I was on them last week against Green Bay. They win the game. They're sitting there at four and one. I was seeing somebody's, you know, power rankings. I was looking, I forget who it was. Han Zeus, this guy, Han Zeus, if you know who he is, he's doing the freaking power rankings and the Giants aren't in the top 10. He's got freaking Cincinnati in the top 10. But not the Giants. And I'm saying, what? How are the Giants? This team is four and one. This team is look, everybody looks at the Giants that they've been the Giants of years gone by. How could they be four and one? You know, I, you know the schedule, you know, who'd they beat? But then they did beat the Packers, but I think the Packers are overrated. Oh, uh, they beat the Bears. They lost a tough game to the Cowboys. You know, they beat Tennessee. You know, uh, you know, people uh, you know, they want to poo-poo whatever they want to do with this, with this giant team. But you know what? I think they got something going here. Now, I don't know if they're going to win the game, I, they, but you're getting five and a half. You got to believe the Giants are going to, this is going to be a close game. Their defense is going to keep it close. Just the way they play offense is going to keep it close. You know, they're, they're, they're going to run the ball with Barkley. It's going to be safe passes from Jones. Jones is going to run the ball too. Um, I don't know about that. I'm not sold on the, on the Ravens. They were tooth and nail 
to, to pull that game out last week against Cincinnati. Um, you know, they blew the game to your team in Miami. They had two, three touchdown leads and blew, blew both of those games. They blew the game to Buffalo. They were up 20 to three. They wound up losing in that game. I don't know how good they are. You know, I've said this before. One of the things and one of the reasons that I'm, I feel good about the Jets' chances is because there's a lot of teams in this league that have big-name teams that aren't as good as the reputation is. And I think the Ravens are one of them. I think the Giants are going to play them very, very – remember, Ravens beat the Jets opening week without Zach. There was no – you know, without Zach Wilson, that was the, uh, the Flacco game. They stunk in that game. You know, but that was opening week, whatever. I think the Giants are going to play them tough. The game's at the Meadowlands. Their defense is going to show up and do some things here. They might lose, but I think they're at least covering that five and a half. Give me the Giants taking the five and a half at home against the Ravens. Joseph, I give you credit last week because you had the Giants over the Packers and you got me head to head. Well, I'm going head to head again with you on the Giants because I think it's a bad spot for them. And I'm going to tell you why I think it's a bad spot. They, to me, Joe, the way to attack Baltimore is their secondary. Their secondary is weak. Their corners are weak. I think that's how you pick them apart. I think that's how you beat them. Buffalo did that. Miami did that. Other teams have done that. The Giants don't have the playmakers to be able to exploit Baltimore's weakness. Baltimore's front seven is stout. I think they're going to be able to take away Saquon Barkley. And I'm going to tell Daniel Jones this when it comes on the podcast Tuesday. I'm picking against this team for the second straight week. Everything you said about the Giants and the way they've been coached and the way they've been playing is spot on. I think the odds makers, though, are telling you all you need to know with this game. The 4-1 and one New York Giants are at home, and they're getting five and a half points. I think there's a reason why. I think Wink Martindale could slow this game down. Remember, coached against Lamar Jackson for years as the Raven defensive coordinator, right. seen it every right. single day in practice. That, to me, is the way the Giants win this game. Ugly, low-scoring, containing Lamar. The problem I have is they've been very Ben. Don't break. Baltimore has big play capabilities. I see a tight game for three quarters. Then I see like a DuVernay busted play or an Andrews Mm -hmm. busted play for a touchdown. Giants down 11. And then Jones throws an interception. They end up losing the game. I know the New York audience ain't going to like to hear it. Second straight week, Joe. We'll see how it goes. I got Baltimore laying five and a half. So we we go head to head again. You against the Giants. Me with the Giants for the second week in a row. And remember when the Giants were very good to me in week one and week two. Now, second week in a row, I'm going against them. A little surprising here for game four. I'm taking your team. And I don't whether whether it's Skylar Thompson. I don't you know who who, Michael Thompson. I, I don't care who it is. Okay, okay. Whoever the damn quarterback is, this is a this to me. You're going to give the Dolphins coming off two straight losses, three and a half against another, to me, fraud team. I know they're four and one, the Vikings, but this is a perfect spot for Miami. You're getting three and the hook in this game. The Dolphins still have a pretty damn good defense. We, we saw them run the ball with most thought last week against the Jets. They were able to run the ball. And I didn't think the kid was that bad. You know, I just think the Jets played a terrific game. They did a tremendous job taking Tyreek Hill basically out of the game. Jalen Waddle, I don't even know if he played. It didn't look like he played. If he did, it wasn't much, okay? But I think they're bouncing back this week. At home, lost two in a row. This is a perfect spot. Four and one Minnesota. I think this is an inflated number. I, I love, in fact, that might be my best bet this week. I love the Dolphins getting three and a half at home against Minnesota this week. So, 
anytime you pick the Dolphins, it usually goes well for the Miami Dolphins for what it's worth. So I like hearing that. And I think it's a great spot for them, Joe. I agree with everything you just said. Minnesota, remember, they played a London game. They have a bye week coming up. It's an easy game to basically kind of say, and we're four and one. We're in good shape, blah, blah, blah. And the focus isn't where it needs to be. I would absolutely be on Miami with you in this game if the quarterback wasn't Skylar Thompson. Like, if you told me Teddy Bridgewater was playing this game or Tua was back, and I think he'll be back in the next week or the following week, then it'd be a layup. It'd be all over Miami. By the way, didn't Tua practice? Didn't I see Tua practice? Limited in practice. They're going to ease him back. They're going to make sure that he, they're not just putting him back on a football field, booming and rushing him out in the game action. So I think in two weeks, he's definitely back. Steal a game next Sunday, I think is iffy by Tuesday or Wednesday. But the only thing that scares me, Joe, is Skylar Thompson. That's the only, that's the only negative to me we right. could pick is Skylar Thompson. That's it. That's it. So you go with my Dolphins. Well, I'm taking them and I'm getting, I love them getting. I love the hook. I love getting the hook as well in this game. And I, a lot of this, like I told you, bro, I, I don't buy teams like Minnesota. You know what I mean? You send a team like that on the road, they're four and one, and I could see them laying a big egg in this game. You know, kind of taking Miami for granted a little bit, like you said, Skylar Thompson and all that. You know, the, the Dolphins got skunked pretty good last week. They're gonna be they're gonna be a little nasty this week for this game. I, I really I love them. I do really get three and a half. I, I they're gonna win the game outright in my mind. I like the sound that I, I, know, okay. I know you want to hear that. So I do. I need a little pick me up yeah. after the last two what weeks. I do. Um, game four, I'm on the Atlanta Falcons. They've been a cover machine all year. They play close games against everybody. Interesting. San Francisco now right, is right. playing their second consecutive game on the East Coast. They beat up on Matt Rule. They sent him his walking papers after losing right. last week. Was he going back to Baylor? Was he going to coach like uh, Mississippi Valley State? uh, You give me the college program of choice. Wouldn't it be nice to sit around and basically get $550,000 a month to do absolutely nothing, Joe? Must be nice to be Matt Rule. Must be nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's a a terrible coach. But anyway, yeah, he's a college coach. Maybe a good college coach, but not in the NFL. Didn't work. That's what he is. Didn't work. By the way, can I just say this too about Matt Rule? All these guys, I remember Phil Sims, all these different, oh, Matt Rule, oh, because the Jets almost had him. The fact, Jets and the Giants. Both right, teams were rumored right. to be frontrunners for Matt Rule. Right, Excellent right. point. And listen, yep. it's not like their choices in Gase or Joe Judge ended up being slam dunks, but right. Matt Rule was anything but a slam dunk. Well, no. Anything he got but. slam dunk. He yeah, got exactly. Carolina and David Tepper got slam dunk. But Bosa right. might not play for San Fran. I'm not right, laying five right. and a half on the road with Garoppolo for a second straight week. I think the Falcons keep covering, man. I'm not saying they're going to win this game, but I think this is like a 24-20, 28-24 game. I'll keep riding the cover machines, bro. Give me the Atlanta Falcons plus five and a half. All right, my final game, I love the Rams laying 10 against Carolina. I mean, it, this, this has got to be, if the Rams don't blow this team out here this week, then they, they really got major, major problems. Look, I don't think they're not, look, they're not the team they were last year. It's obvious they're missing three guys on the offensive line. They're missing Von Miller. You know, they're missing Odell Beckham. They're missing a lot of things. Right now, the whole offense is Cooper Cup. That's pretty much it. But if the Rams can't lay the wood to the lousy Carolina Panthers with an interim coach, what's it, Steve Weeks is going to be, is the coach now? Steve Weeks is the coach. Uh, 
when are you going to get it right? They're, they're at home. They, this, this is a game that L.A. should win by at least three touchdowns. I'm taking the Rams, laying 10 at home against Carolina. Joseph, last but not least, I'm going with the game of the week. I can't wait for this game. Sunday right. at 425. I'm, I'm, I, was, I was thinking about it. I'm curious to see where you're going in this. You're talking Buffalo and Kansas City. Buffalo today. and Kansas okay. City, not Dallas and Philadelphia. Right. Right. Um, right. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, to me, they are begging you to take Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes getting two and a half at home. They're begging you to do that. Right. And right. I didn't love what I saw from Kansas City on Monday night against no, they Vegas. Were lucky. They did get Very, holes on that pass, that roughing the pass. Or not, they so. did. One of the, in fact, the worst call I've seen in the NFL ever. all year, and one ever. of the worst calls I've ever seen, maybe in the history of watching right. football. But yeah, I don't like Kansas City against the physicality of Buffalo's defensive line, Josh Allen, who's playing great, and that dangling carrot of revenge for what right. happened last year right. in the divisional round. I just get the sense, Joe. This game needs a lot more to Buffalo than it does to Kansas City. And I think you'll see the Bills show up and show up in a big way here. Only got to lay two and a half. The public is on the Chiefs because they're going to scoop two and a half with Mahomes being a home dog. And I think Josh Allen has his way. I think the Bills win this game, and I think they win by double figures. Uh, double digits, double figures, whatever the hell you want to call it. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know how. I, 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 I totally would not touch that game. I don't know how I feel about it. You're right that the Chiefs have not looked great. I mean, they watched the game Monday night. They were fortunate. By the way, what is Josh McDaniel doing going for two? It's 30-29, four and a half minutes to There's go in the game. There's an eternity left in the what game. What are you it's, doing? You see, got to play see, for the tie. You got to go Bingo. If there's 40 seconds left in the game and you want to tell me, hey, I'm going for the Come win. On. Sure, you could sell me on that. Four and a half minutes to go is outrageous. Outrageous. Right. Well, that's why this guy's a terrible head coach. I mean, they're one in four now. The guy's a failed coach in Denver. This is his last shot. If, he, if it doesn't work out for McDaniel with the Raiders, he'll be back on Bill's staff. That's where he's going to be. I mean, let's, where else, right? That's where he's going. So, yeah, I couldn't believe he went for two there if I was a Raider fan. And then, you know, and even not his crap with Devontae Adams, but whatever. Um, I, I don't – Kansas City has not looked great. I mean, look, they lost to the Colts at home. You know, um, I guess they're not. That was in Indianapolis. But still, they lost to the Colts. They didn't play well in that game. They didn't play great yesterday. I mean, let's be, you know, on uh, Monday night, they didn't play, did not play well. So they were fortunate to win. So, but I'm still, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I hate to go against the Chiefs. That's all I'll say. I hate to go against the Chiefs at home. But we'll leave it at that. But I wouldn't touch the game. Wouldn't well, Joseph, it. we have one family play where heads up yep. to one. For you, you have the Colts, the Brownies yep. laying two and a half, the Giants yep. plus five and a half. My Dolphins plus three and a half and the LA Rams laying double digits minus 10. I'm riding the Colts with you laying the point and a half. I got the Saints plus one and a half. Heads up in the Raven game, laying five and a half. I got Atlanta plus five and a half. And then last but not least, the Buffalo Bills winning, covering two and a half. Beautiful. Beautiful, Joseph, my boy. You will have a stellar live podcast tomorrow. Send my best to Kim Jones and all the folks over at the Hackensack Brewery. Um, I hope you enjoy some Yankee playoff baseball. Uh, Do your Jets go to Lambeau and beat the Packers? Let me say it. Let me put it to you this way, okay? Uh, I feel good about this game. I was considering taking them with the points, but I don't want to jinx them. I got to be honest with you. That's the – 
I don't want to. I have I don't to be honest. My I felt the same way. I felt the same way, and I didn't think of it from that standpoint. I was more concerned about the Packers after going with them last week. It would be typical me right. to pick against right. them, and then they ram it my, uh, right up my rear. You know, right? Yeah, I, I don't know what the Packers are. I, I I really don't, bro. I think they're another team. But I'm not saying the Jets are going to win this game. Okay, I'm not. I'm going to go in here and you know beat the crap out of them. But I look at the Packers like a lot of teams in this league that are. Uh, their reputation is why people look at them the way they do. You know, I've seen the Packers now play three straight weeks. I saw the Tampa game. Uh, I saw the game against New England. I watched them last week against the Giants. I have not been impressed. They're a team that has a, they're bereft of offensive firepower. Let's be real. You know, Randall Cobb's the most reliable receiver right now that Green Bay has. Okay. They run the ball okay with Aaron Jones, Dylan, whatever. They're okay. But I don't know, man. They've been banged up on the offensive line. Bakhtiari's in, Bakhtiari's out. You know, the defense, you know, I don't think the defense is what it was, you know, years gone by. I don't know how good the Packers are. I got to tell you that. Now, that doesn't mean the Jets are going to go in and win the game. But I feel, I don't feel, you know, again, similar to the Giants, people are underestimating the Jets because they're the Jets. And that's, you wonder how the mindset of the Packers is going to be in this game. So. But I wouldn't, but I would not touch him because I'm not jinxing my team. Joseph, enjoy your Jets on Sunday. Uh, I'll be rooting hard for that Dolphin pick uh, and enjoy Hackensack. We will see you next week. And hopefully, Bro. my friend, we are talking about the Yankees and the Astros next week. That would sound nice. I will be, bro, I will be absolutely shocked if we're not talking Yankees, Astros next time we do it. You know, well before that, <laughs> Monday, you know. Well, I'll be uh, shot. I'm, I'm going to be saying a prayer. All right, brother. Enjoy the weekend. Right, Thank you, Joe. All the love, my boy. So we go from our guy, Joe B, to Arthur Caesar, Superbook extraordinaire. Uh, hopefully he's going to give me a blessing on my picks because they've been garbage the last three weeks, three consecutive losing weeks. I uh, want to get back over that 500 mark. Art, what's up, buddy? How you doing? AJ, doing good, man. It's a pleasure to be here. Art, before we get to any of the week six NFL festivities. The Astros are up two to nothing. The Yankees will play Friday afternoon. They're up 1-0. And both National League series are deadlocked at a game apiece. Fair to say we're more likely to get length and potential game fives in the NL as opposed to what we're looking at in the AL, correct? Yeah, I don't think there's any question about it. You know, obviously the Padres... I know it's one game, but them kind of like exercising the Dodger demons a little bit, actually getting a game. They're going to go home. They're going to feel good about themselves. So good for the Padres. I still think the Braves win the series against the Phillies, but the Phillies are spunky, man. I don't know. Like, there's just something about them. They believe, like, you know, and obviously it's two divisional teams going against each other, you know, in three of these series, actually. But yeah, I, you know, I think game one for the Yankees was huge. They had to get it. Cole, obviously, big performance. You know, we've taken, obviously, the game got rained out today, but we took pretty good money on the Guardians for game two because people just like the pitching matchup. They like Bieber. Now, they're not hitting at all, but, you know, people still like to come in and bet that price because they're getting plus money with Shane Bieber. Interesting. Uh, I tell you right now to get invested in one of the dogs in the National League. Phillies plus 130, San Diego plus 148. What's a better bet? It's probably the Phillies because how good the Dodgers are and just owning the Padres. 
I think, like I said, I just think there's like some belief with this Philly team. They do have some of those power arms. I still think the Braves are the better team. I mean, I picked Braves Astros to be another to repeat what we had last year. So I thought it would be Braves Astros, but I think if you're going to make me pick between the two, I would take the Phillies over the Padres. Okay. Now it's time to buckle up and get you ready for week six across the board in the NFL. Um, I want to start here because this one of the games I'm betting on. I like the Buffalo Bills this week. I think they're better than Kansas city. I think you guys in setting that line the way that you did, I think you are begging folks to go and take Patrick Mahomes as a home underdog. Like, I think that's just going to be the common uh, speak that you hear over the course of the weekend. Oh, how do I pass up Mahomes getting plus money? How do I pass up Mahomes as an underdog? I think there's a reason why you guys set that line at Buffalo minus two and a half. That's just my take. There's no doubt about it. We were even Buffalo minus three at one point. So there's been a lot of cheap money. You know, everyone has seen the stats. Mahomes is like 7-0-1 as a dog. He's never been a home underdog all that type of stuff. You're absolutely right. Now, just as far as that game goes, that, that go, that's going to be the most heavily bet game of the year until we get to the playoffs. That game is going to see a tremendous handle. Now, it's not a Sunday night game, but it is the late slot. It's going to be blaring on sound in the sports book. It's going to be a very big-time game as far as handle goes. I don't disagree. I mean, I love the Chiefs and I love Mahomes, but the line is telling the right side is probably Buffalo. And let's be honest, or there's only three games going on in that late afternoon window. So I, I think they did that by design. Everybody and their mother is going to be watching Kansas City and Buffalo. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, that's going to be, like I said, I mean, that's the best game of the year. It really is. I mean, you know, I know we're in week six and there could be some games down the line here, but that game's as good as it gets. I mean, Cowboys-Eagles on Sunday night, with that rivalry and how good those teams have been and the Eagles being the only undefeated team would usually get all the pub in the world. Nobody cares about that game this week. Everybody's talking Bills and Chiefs. What's the biggest sucker bet of the week? I have two candidates for you. Minnesota lane three against the third string quarterback. I just see that that line has moved off three and a half to three, which is interesting. The other one that kind of caught my eye was New Orleans getting points this week against Cincinnati. Um, does that fit sucker better the week or are you going elsewhere, bud? Nah, man, you and I, you know, we've been doing this long enough with each other, but we are right in line on that. Minnesota is very interesting. Minnesota is one and four against the spread. They go on the road to Miami. We had it three and a half sharps gobbled up to three and a half. It's now sitting three sharps are still going to bet the three public will be on Minnesota. Very fishy. But the one that you hit on to me is the most interesting one. You just look at Cincinnati. They have not been good. They're two and three. They just haven't played well, haven't gotten back to that Super Bowl form. And like New Orleans, yeah, they played well last week, but everyone scores on Seattle. They also have a million injuries. Like everyone in their receiving core is hurt. We don't even know who the quarterback is. Cincinnati is a very public play this week. I would be weary to take Cincinnati in that spot. All right, my friend. Now it's time for my picks and Beningo's picks. Uh, I'll give you mine first because I'm slumping. I got the Colts. I got the aforementioned New Orleans Saints. I got Baltimore laying five and a half against the Giants. I got Atlanta plus five and a half against San Fran. And I'm on the Buffalo Bills in the game of the week and maybe the game of the year. For Joe B, he's riding Indy as well. He's got the Brownies less than a field goal at two and a half. Giants heads up with yours truly. Dolphins plus three and a half. And the L.A. Rams laying 10. My picks, Beningo's picks, your thoughts. 
Well, I'll start with yours this week. Obviously, you're both on Indy. I'm with you on Indy. I, I think this is a good spot for the Colts. The Colts are usually pretty good at home. Jacksonville's been, you know, spunky. They obviously were terrible last week, but I just think, you know, there's a lot of revenge stuff too here with the Colts. You know, Jaguars have kind of owned them of recent. So I like Indy in the game. And honestly, nothing but sharp money has been on Indy this week. So it's not, it's been sharp cult money. So you like that. We talked about the Saints. I like that same pick because it doesn't make any sense to me for the Bengals to be favored in that game. So obviously take the points. Listen, I'm going to say this every week on the show until maybe I need to stop saying it, but I don't understand how the Giants are four and one. I just don't get it. The coach is awesome. I am a Giants fan. I love Dable, everything he's doing. They have no receivers. They barely have any players. Baltimore should get back to like right here and kind of take care of business. Also, they're coming home from London. They didn't get a bye. It's kind of a weird spot. Atlanta's interesting. Only team in the league who's undefeated against the spread. 5-0. and Obviously, the Niners are really good. Defense is really good. Atlanta went up against a good defense last week and didn't look that great. Pat- Patterson missing hurts them. And obviously, Pitts is a little bit banged up. So I don't really love Atlanta. We talked about Buffalo. I think Buffalo's the right side. So I definitely like four out of your five picks. Obviously, Joe is Indy. That's good. Don't like Cleveland. Don't like the Giants. Dolphins is the right side. And I guess the Rams is the right side. I mean, <laughs> Carolina's a mess. No coach, no quarterback. P.J. Walker. The Rams at some point have to figure it out. I mean, Stafford, I'm going to keep saying it. He looks hurt to me. I just don't get it. I know Joe's been hot, but I'm with you again this week. I like that you're back in my corner. Hopefully, it will mean a winning week here in week six. And I do root for that pick that he gave out with Miami plus three and a half. Just saying. All right, Art. Uh, I know you're going to tease something. What's the two-legger we're looking at here? Yeah, we got to get back to right here. We lost last week two and three. Two-team six-point tease. I'm taking your Dolphins. I, it's just too good to pass up. Getting through the seven, so I'm going to make the Dolphins plus nine. And then I think this is a slugfest type of game, and I think the team can win outright. I'm taking New England plus eight and a half. I think the Patriots can beat Cleveland, so give me New England plus eight and a half. Two-team, six-point teaser, Patriots eight and a half, Dolphins nine. I like that two-team tease. I will probably ride that two-team tease, and we'll see where it takes us, Art. Hopefully next week, my man, it's week seven in the NFL, and we're talking about a Yankee Astros series that's getting ready for game three. I know you like the sound of that. JJ, I just got goosebumps when you said that. I really hope that's the case. Obviously, we always love talking football, but we hope our Yankees get to go to Houston and play in a big LCS, my friend. So. Let's hope for that, and let's cash some tickets this week. Art the C's are over at Superbook in the Westgate. Art, thanks for a couple minutes. Appreciate it, pal. Anytime, JJ. We go from Art the Caesar to our fantasy guru. I mean, it's what we do every football Friday. Jason Katz, Pro Football Network, is up next. So we wrap up football Friday with our fantasy guru, Jason Katz, Pro Football Network, week six, believe it or not. Uh, sir, I'm going to start here. Your Cowboys. They have been a feel-good surprise with Cooper Rush. I know we do fantasy combo here on this show. I, I get that. That's all well and good. But if Cooper Rush wins in Philadelphia next week, he's got to keep starting for your team at quarterback, right? He's got to. You're not serious about that, are you? No, I'm dead serious. I, I think you have to play him until he loses a game. Let him lose a game, for goodness sakes. 
I mean, I don't think that the Cowboys are winning in Philadelphia, but I didn't think they were winning in Los Angeles last week. Uh, but let's be real here. Cooper Rush is purely managing these games. And yes, I understand they're winning, but they can still win the game with ball control and defense and also have a quarterback capable of airing it out and bringing them back if they need to. Cooper Rush threw 16 passes last week for 102 yards total. Come on. I mean, he's, he's just there. He's a placeholder. Okay, so no quarterback controversy in Dallas. Listen, my, my feeling and thought is you ride the hot hand, you give Dak an extra week, and you take it from there. But I'm right there with you. I don't think you're winning this week, and I think Dakota Prescott will be back at quarterback whenever the Cowboys play again. Um, Derrick Henry, you wrote the obituary early in the year. Uh, are we taking a- any of that back, Jason? Do you expect him to regress after the last few weeks? Because Derrick Henry has looked apart these last few games, my man. Yes and no. I do think the efficiency is still not where we want it to be. I mean, last last week, 28 carries, 102 yards. I mean, it's just pure volume. The difference is in the last three weeks, the Titans have won the game. And when the Titans win, Derrick Henry is an RB1. When they lose, he's not. Now, I will say, I definitely running back, the Derrick Henry is not a top 24 running back thing. That's certainly not going to happen because Titans are at least better than I thought they would be. And the most encouraging thing is Derrick Henry is suddenly being used in the passing game. And the knock on Henry was never that he couldn't catch the ball. It was that they didn't throw to him. And it didn't make any sense because this guy's just a downhill monster. Get him the ball in space and let him get ahead of steam and run through defenders. Five catches for 58 yards in week three, three for 33 in week four, and two for 30 in week five. If we even get two receptions for 20 yards a game from Derrick Henry, that raises his floor significantly, even on the weeks where he doesn't score a touchdown. So if that persists, I'm much more bullish on Derrick Henry going forward than I was three weeks ago. I was at MetLife Stadium last week. What a performance by Brees Hall. Obviously, it helps when you get an 80-yard reception. That's going to boost fantasy points and fantasy numbers. Where do you think, Jason, Brees Hall is going to be amongst running backs by the end of this year? Because he's getting a lot more of the workload. He's playing at a pretty high level. Are we talking about Brees Hall as a top 10 fantasy back by the end of the year? Uh, No question about it. I don't know if he'll finish there because of the slow start with Michael Carter taking more of the snaps to open the season. But we've seen it the past two weeks specifically. Brees Hall played 64% of the snaps in week four, 68% in week five. This is his backfield now. And and it's not just as the primary rusher out carrying Michael Carter the past two weeks. He's also running more routes and he's catching more passes. I mean, last week, Carter stole two touchdowns from him. And Brees Hall still with the overall RB4 on the week. This is his team. And I'm very confident that in 2023, we're talking about Brees Hall as a late first-round pick in fantasy. That's positive news and giddy news if you're a fan of the New York Jets. All right, Jason, week six. uh, Give me the quarterback to start this week, and please tell me his name is not Skylar Thompson, and who are we looking to avoid? No, but we we are looking to start a former New York Jet, and that is the starting quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks, Geno Smith. Hey, I'm in on the – you know, I was going to ask you about Geno. I picked him up in a league, and I'm actually starting him over Tom Brady this league. Let that sink in for a minute. Am I crazy for that? Geno Smith over Tom Brady? No, you're not crazy. I don't know if I would go that far, but there are a lot of quarterbacks I would start Geno Smith over this week. Uh, I mean, I don't know if this even should count. Is this cheating? Geno is a clear QB1 now in a season where there are really four QB1s you can trust, and the rest are all varying degrees of problems. 
The Cardinals allow the 10th most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Gino is top five in a whole array of efficiency metrics. And most importantly, he's averaging 8.3 yards per attempt. The man is airing it out to both DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. He might legitimately be a top five play this week. On the other side, I've got nothing for you. I mean, there are legitimately four quarterbacks you should start. And everybody else, there's an argument both ways. Between bye weeks and injuries, I genuinely cannot recommend any specific quarterback as a sit. I don't like guys like Russell Wilson or Trevor Lawrence this week. That's because they're not very good quarterbacks. I won't love them any week. But there are so many fantasy managers without a better option. Even underperforming guys like Stafford and Rodgers are must-starts given the state of the position. So there's no quarterback I'm telling you to outright sit this week. Um, I'm glad that you brought this up because draft strategy over the years, Jason, we've talked about this a lot. It's all you wait on a quarterback, you wait on a quarterback, you wait on a quarterback. Is this now the time in which we are seeing the shift because Josh Allen and Mahomes and Lamar and Hurts are like just so much better from a fantasy perspective that now like moving forward, it's almost going to be like, holy smokes, you got to go and get one of those guys. The late round QB strategy has morphed into the mid round QB strategy. And that might even mean like fourth, fifth round next year. I'm going to credit JJ Zacharyson of, of LateRound.com uh, for this. Uh, he posted a graph of the or a chart of the quarterback scoring in terms of the disparity between the top three, top six, and top 12 earlier this week. And the gap between the top three guys this year and your average QB1 is greater than it's been at any point in the past five years, pro- probably going back even further than that. The top three quarterbacks this year are averaging 27 fantasy points per game. Last year, they averaged 22.7. This is through the first uh, five weeks. The year before, 24.5. And even the top six, though, you were getting better production. The, the gap has just widened. And at this point, yeah, it does matter. And there is an edge to be gained by having Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, or Patrick Mahomes. So if you don't have one of those guys, you're scrambling every week. Fascinating. And make a note of that next year. I know I will. A couple of leagues, I dropped the ball. I waited too long on quarterbacks. And I'm most certainly paying the price. All right, Jason, running back. Uh, Raheem Mostert, must-star? Let's go. Raheem Mostert's already a must-star. We're, go- we're-, we're staying in that nice. division, though. And we're going with Ramondre Stevenson. I'm just going to come out and say it. Ramondre Stevenson might finish as the overall RB1 this week. Wow. He- and he's been a beast. He's been an absolute beast. I know uh, Bill from Los Angeles is loving it. He's loving it. <laughs> I mean, I'm cer- he certainly loved the 25 carries for 161 yards last week. And most importantly, We've seen this backfield go from a three-man backfield where we're looking at 35% of the carries for all three guys. How Montgomery gets hurt. Now it's just Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris. Now Harris goes down, and we see Ramondre play 90% of the snaps. Now he gets a Browns defense, allowing the fourth most fantasy points to running backs. Harris, probably not going to play this week. I know he's been limited in practice, but I think that's just Patriots playing games the same way they did with Mac Jones. Like He's not going to play. They're allowing 123.8 rushing yards per game. I mean, Ramondre, I'm... I'm starting if I have him. I'm going to be betting his overs this week, too. On the other side, saying in New York, Michael Carter. I'll make this quick. We just talked about it. Don't chase last week's points. Carter barely did anything. He just fell into the end zone twice. This is Breach Hall's backfield. Michael Carter is not startable in fantasy. Now we get to wide receiver, Jason. And I'm thinking that there are going to be a couple of juicy appetizing options 
there are some bye weeks that you have to deal with. So what is the uh, floor looking like for the state of the wide receiver position here in week six? When I prepared for this, I didn't realize I was going to go so AFC East heavy, but we're, we're sticking it local. I mean, listen, that's good for the audience <laughs> likes that. That's good for the audience. A lot, a lot of vested interest here in the AFC East between yeah, the Jets and my team and the Bills. Forget about it. Yeah, I don't know if we consider this a New York, New York team, but it is the Bills and we're going Isaiah McKenzie. I could really just list any player in this game. I really think you just want pieces of this game. Start your Chiefs and Bills. This game has the highest total of the week. This could rival 2018 Rams Chiefs. In that game, Cole Beasley had six for 60. Uh, McKenzie missed last week. Khalil Shakir managed 75 yards and a touchdown. McKenzie will be the primary slot receiver this week. Just start him. Start everyone who's starting in this game. On the other side, Adam Thielen. I think I've got him figured out. He's only viable in games where the Vikings are going to have to throw to win. Weeks three and four, Vikings had to come from behind. Six for 61 and a touchdown, eight for 72. His other three games, three for 36, four for 52, four for 27. Vikings get your team playing a third string quarterback making his first career start. I'm not saying that your team can't win this game, but I am saying that they're not going to force the Vikings to be throwing a whole bunch to come back. So I'm fading Adam Thielen this week. Jason? Juicy stuff as always. A lot to reconsider as far as draft strategy. Some weeks it's working out. Other weeks it's not working out. But that's why we got to have these reflective chats in addition to our positional breakdown. So basically your advice to everybody, long story short, Bills, Chiefs, get them in your lineup, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's very important to always look back at what we've done in the past and see what went right and most importantly, what went wrong because that's really how we learn. Jason, Pro Football Network. Good stuff, Mr. Katz. We'll chat next week. Look forward to it as always. We go from Jason Katz giving us some fantasy advice, Jeff Money. It was a rough week number five for you. The floor is yours, sir. What's on the docket? What up, JJ? Jeff Money here with a handicapper picks. This is for the NFL week number six super contest. On that last week, on my money play, I was 0 1, 3 and 2 on the year. I was 0 and 5 for the week. I had a terrible week there, 11 and 14 on the year. Your best bet was 0 and 1, so you're 3 and 2 on the year. And you were 2 and 3 at 12 and 13 on the year. Head to head. We didn't have any head to heads. We're 3 and 2 right now on a head to head matchup. And family plays, we went down on our family play. Remember, all the super contest matchup. We're 0 and 4 on the year. Okay, here we go. My five plays. Game number one. I'm going to take the New York Giants plus the five and a half. I like the way they're playing. Nice home uh, dog there. with a roll with them. Game number two, I'm going to go with the Rams minus the 10 in disarray with the Panthers there. Rams are coming off a loss there at home, and I think they're going to take it out there on the Panthers. Game number three, I'm going to go with your Miami Dolphins at home. I think the hook's going to help plus the three and a half there over the Vikings. So we're going to go with the Dolphins. Game number four, I'm going to go with the New York Jets. They're hot. I know it's in Lambeau Field, but I'm going to take the seven points with them. So I think they're going to keep the game nice and close. And game number five on Monday, now I'm going to go with the L.A. Chargers minus the four and a half. Again, my five plays, I'm going to go with the Giants as my uh, money play plus the five and a half. I'm going to take the Rams minus the ten, the Dolphins plus the three and a half, the Jets plus the seven, and on Monday night, the Chargers minus the four and a half. And everyone can follow all my daily plays on Twitter, at Jeff Money. All right, JJ, let's see if we got some family plays this week. I'm out of here. Let's go. Let's go, Jeff Money. Like the sound of that going with my beloved Miami Dolphins. You and Benigo with three to five same picks this week. And, of course, we are heads up. I'm rolling with the Ravens. Second week in a row, I'm picking against the Giants. Benigo and Money riding with Baltimore. Good stuff all around. Remember, tomorrow after Yankees-Guardians game two, Spotify Live, probably about 10 minutes after the last out. 
We'll do 30 or 40 minutes. We will post it as a podcast. Then Saturday, there is a game. Sunday, there is a game. Sunday's going to be a wild day already because we might be reacting to game four, Yankees, Guardians. We're going to have the Jets and the Giants at one o'clock. We're going to have Buffalo and Kansas City. It's kind of the insanity we live for this time of the year. So good stuff all around. Great work by Stefan. Quick turnaround. Day game after a night game for us. Hey, I'll take 68 and sunny over that nonsensical forecast we had at Yankee Stadium. Enjoy your weekend. We'll chat Friday after the game. JJ out. Be good, everybody. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.